y'all and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. Here for a special emergency podcast. Uh, we had some big news drop yesterday and we could have some big news dropping as we talk here. Uh, we have a very special friend returning to the podcast. He joined us a couple months back. We were texting yesterday and he's like, hey Jack, you want to you do a show tomorrow? You want to talk about this big trade? Russell Wilson getting shopped over and he is going over to the Denver Broncos. We're going to break it all down. And he's been making the media rounds lately. He's been uh, ascending in this game recently. Clay Harbor, many of you should remember him. He caught passes. He played nine years in the NFL, did some blocking, some special teams. Oh, and he was also on a little show called The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> once upon a time. Clay, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jack. Appreciate you having me on, man. I love, uh, you know, I love talking ball with you. Such a smart guy that knows his stuff. And I know we we're just texting yesterday talking about this trade and, and, and implications on, on everything, you know, from Aaron Rodgers to Russell Wilson to all these different pieces falling into place. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see. It was an exciting day. And I think it's just going to get more exciting as we approach free agency. You know, so it's really, really cool time to be an NFL fan. Yeah, not a great time to be a baseball fan. We do not know what is going to happen with this season, but there are some big meetings going on. We could have a deal done and a plan in place by the end of today, and we could have a full 162-game season. More on that later, but let's talk some football. And before we do that, if you guys enjoyed today's episode of the Jack Vita Show, make sure, you, make sure that you subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. You can follow me at Jack Vita Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then uh, we're also available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're going to have a big episode dropping Sunday night, our March Madness, our annual selection Sunday show. We'll be previewing the bracket, so make sure you guys are all subscribed. You won't want to miss it. All right, Clay, let's take off right here. Uh, the big news, Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. In return, the Seahawks are getting two first-round picks, including the number nine overall pick in this draft. Uh, a first round pick in next year's draft, two second round picks, a starting, well, maybe a starting quarterback in Drew Locke, and yeah. they're getting two uh, key starters in Noah Fant and Shelby Shelby Harris. That's his name, right? Yes. Yeah, Shelby Harris. Uh, and then Seattle will get a fourth round pick back in this trade. Where should we start with this, Clay? I mean, I think you got to start with the guy, you know, with the with the main the main piece of this trade, and that's Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson. Obviously, we know he's a, he's a top level quarterback. He's won the big games. You know, he's he's shown that he is, you know, a, a great player, an unbelievable player. I mean, his his statistics speak you know speak for themselves. Um, obviously, last year, him the Seahawks had a down year, but you still look at his numbers for a guy that missed two games. He had over three thousand yards, twenty five touchdowns, only six interceptions. Had a 103 rating in 14 days in 14 games while he was playing with a surgically repaired finger, nonetheless. So this guy, in my opinion, still has juice. He still has juice in the tank. But I think the Seattle, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks looked around and, and thought that, hey, we don't have the pieces around him to really make a competitive run for a Super Bowl. So it's a time to start a rebuild. And I know people are saying Denver got the better part of this trade, but I think it was a win-win. You know, if Seattle's trying to rebuild. They get two first rounds, two second rounds. Drew Locke, Noah Fant, who's who's a he's a good tight end, and you know it's it's 
tight ends are getting tagged right and left. It's a hard market to find a good tight end. I like Fant. You know, he's coming off of back-to-back seasons with 670 receiving yards, 60-plus receptions, um, three touchdowns, four touchdowns last two seasons. He's shown that he can be a consistent threat. So you get a tight end, and obviously you get you get Shelby Harris, right? He, had, he has 22 sacks in his career. He had six or seven sacks last year. It's a good defensive end, and obviously – you know, we don't know what we're doing with Drew Locke yet. I don't know if he's going to be the long-term fix there. But I really think that it was a win-win for both for both teams. Denver, so, they get their guy. You know, they get they get Russell Wilson. And you can't, you can't, there's a there's a premium on quarterbacks in this league. They've they've shown this in the past when they signed Peyton Manning later in his career, and it worked for him. They won a Super Bowl, they got to another Super Bowl. So I think it was a win-win for both teams in this situation. I actually really love it from the Seattle side of things. I think Seattle was in a position where they gave them the big contract. And ever since then, they were stuck. I mean, they thrived when they had him on that cheap rookie contract where he was banking somewhere around 450 grand a year. That's when they won that Super Bowl. When they had such an elite defense and a talented core with a quarterback of his caliber that they were able to find in the third round. And now I think they're thinking they're going to be able to do maybe not the exact same thing, but it's time to start rebuilding this thing because they were clearly stuck. So I love this from Seattle's perspective. Yeah, I, I like it too. I think they've done it before. They found a third round quarterback that, you know, let them do a Super Bowl. And I think, you know, they got a lot in return, t- turning a third round quarterback into two first rounders. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and two second rounders, I know, as is, is incredible. And I think that, you know, both teams got what they wanted in this in this scenario. And that's the, the synergistic, you know, win-win situation for both teams. And, you know, I, I like the move on, on both sides. Yeah, for Seattle, I think it'll be very interesting because there are different ways they can approach this. Maybe there's a quarterback that they loved at the combine last week. Maybe there is a guy. Um, I actually really love this kid out of Nevada, Carson Strong. He's not on a lot of people's radars. He could be a second or a third round pick. And I think he might have the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this draft. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Josh Allen when he came out of Wyoming. Clay, I know you don't watch too much college football, so yeah. maybe you didn't get a chance to watch him very much. That's a path they could take. There are a couple of other high. I mean, there a lot of these quarterbacks like Malik Willis is a guy who could be a top 10 pick. He could also be a guy who who, who becomes a superstar. Maybe the floor is pretty low. Maybe he's then uh, Desmond Ritter is another one. So they could really like one of these quarterbacks. They could also I like go, Malik Willis. Yeah, for sure. You, you like Willis a lot. Yeah. He's got, I mean, he's got great arm strength. He's, you know, he's the number one prospect in a lot of these draft classes. I know he's from Liberty, you know, so that's, that's tough. You know, you don't know what kind of, uh, who's playing he is, you know, what kind of competition level is that over there at Liberty? But I like Malik Willis. He's obviously, he's, he's a elusive guy. He's a fast guy. He's athletic. And he has, he has a big arm. And I mean, you put those keys together and I think that's somebody they, they don't have to draft in the first round. You know, I know he's a top draft pick, but like you said, he could slip. You don't really know where he's going to go in this draft. Well, he got a crack at an SEC team when they played the Raging or not, sorry, not the Raging Cajuns. They played the yeah. Ole Miss uh, Rebels, uh, Hottie Toddy down there in Mississippi. And uh, I think he threw two picks in that game. He struggled in that game, yeah. uh, struggled against Army, but he did not have a very good offensive line or really great talent around him for that matter. So he does yeah. have that star upside. 
So maybe they're looking at a guy like him. Maybe they're looking at Carson Strong. Maybe they're look, liking Kenny Pickett or uh, Matt, Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. So there are a number of options. But maybe the other option is, you know what? Let's tank this year and let's get Bryce Young a year from now. Yeah, I do like Carson Strong as well. You know, he's coming off of, you know, a second, you know, second knee injury, though. And, um, you know, he's talked about, you know, his knee a lot, and that's a concern. But, I mean, he's a productive guy. He's a big guy, 6'3", 225. He's, I mean, he's a he's a pocket passer. And, um, you know, it's hard to find a lot these days. The guy, he, had, he completed over 75 or 70% of his passes at Nevada. He had over 4,000 yards. I mean, I think, I think he might be my favorite quarterback prospect in this draft. Hey, he's mine for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Clay, were you shocked by this, surprised? I know you and I chatted a couple months ago, and we were noting that Russell has regressed in some uh, abilities with his athleticism, and we said maybe mm-hmm. he is a guy who's available out there on the market. Did this really shock you? Did would you see the writing on the wall? Did you see something leading up to this over the past couple of years? No, it just it sounded like this offseason that they were really going to move him, but he had that no trade clause. So I didn't know if it was going to happen. I know that there were teams that were interested in him. I know the Eagles tried to make a play for him and he didn't want to go to Philly, which is which is insane. Like I had no idea that that was a thing. I know a lot of people were were talking about it, but you know, I think that people this offseason really saw was happening and they wanted to go a different different direction they wanted to start the rebuild i think I, honestly i think it's like i said before i'll reiterate it win-win for both teams i think seattle is going to really you know be able to make over the team and for the future you know play this thing you know for a long-term goal of having a loaded roster with these draft picks and trades i mean it's incredible yeah, I love it for Seattle. It'll be very interesting to see where Denver fits in this year. And it's it's weird that we're just now getting into the Denver side of this trade. But what yeah. do you think the expectations now are for the Denver Broncos in the in the twenty twenty two season? They have to win. They they have to win. If you don't win and you gave up two firsts and two seconds and you don't win now, you will be under under fire you will know quickly if this was the right move or the wrong move if they don't win this season if they don't win the next season you don't have to wait you don't have to wait like seattle does but hey we got these draft picks we're gonna develop these guys it's a long-term play denver is right now and if we don't win you know it's a mistake we made the wrong move but they got the quarterback obviously that division you know the west is is a tough division i think it's the toughest division in football i mean you got you got look at the quarterbacks you got over there Derek carr pat mahomes herbert I mean, this is incredible division. Now you got Russell Wilson. This is the SEC of the NFL. <laughs> it's going to be it is going to be fun to see. But each of these teams, they're going to have to bring it week in and week out. So I think it's really interesting because you see two teams that finished the bottom of their divisions, and they're going in opposite uh, directions in terms of strategy. Seattle take takes a look at this division, which produced three playoff teams. And they said, you know what? We're going to try to build. And the Rams are probably going to own this division for the next couple of years. San Francisco is really good. By the way, San Francisco, I would not rule out San Francisco making a strong push for Tom Brady here. Now, I know that's a conversation for another day, but they could be making a change at quarterback. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, And the Cardinals were a great team in the first half of last season. So 
Seattle is basically going to start this rebuild process, and their hope would be that in a couple of years from now, some of those other teams start to go down. Now, Denver just decides we're going to swing for the fences at a time when this division is really, really tough. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how that plays out for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they got some pieces in place. I know I tweeted something, and I got a little bit of a, of a pushback from the fans talking about the receiving. I go, who's, you know, who's, who's he going to throw the ball to? And um, I, Denver has some good receivers, but do, do they have a number one? I mean, is Sutton, you know, number one when he had 50 catches for 750 yards last year and two touchdowns? Is that a number one receiver? Obviously, you didn't have a great quarterback throwing the ball. You got Patrick, you know, he uh, he had 50 catches for 720 yards. Um, Noah Font's gone. You know, he's their big tight end. Who do they have a tight end now? So it's, to me, it's a question of do you have the right pieces around to really sacrifice all this? Because you're doing this because you want to win a championship. <clears throat> it's the only way you give up all this. You want to win a championship now. I don't know if the team's set up to do that. And <clears throat> obviously we know Teddy Bridgewater wasn't the answer. And we know Russell Wilson's better than Teddy Bridgewater, but is he that much better? I mean, Teddy had a decent year, 67% of his passes, over 3,000 yards, just like Russell Wilson. Had 18 touchdowns, seven interceptions. It's only one more interception than Russell Wilson threw. I mean, he wasn't bad. And obviously the stats don't tell the full story. I mean, he had a 95 rating. That's not a bad quarterback play. So I know you, it's a quarterback-driven league, but I don't think it's that much of an improvement. It's obviously an improvement. Russell Wilson's better than Teddy Bridgewater. We can all agree on that. But is he that much better to get them to win a championship with the same roster, now without the draft picks, without Noah Font, without you know Shelby Harris? I don't know. Now, I don't typically like ranking quarterbacks, but you mentioned in terms of how big of an upgrade is this, where would Russell Wilson fit in terms of, do you think he's, where, where would he place in terms of, where would you rank him? He's a top 10 quarterback, maybe not a top five quarterback. Is that what you're thinking? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking for sure. I think he's like the seven, um, I'd have to drop the list, but I think he's seven, eight, nine. If Tom Brady comes back, I mean, He's he's definitely in that top ten list. No questions, no questions asked. And you might be even higher. Well, where would you have him? Yeah, I think I have him like right around the back end of the top ten, based on where he is now. Because I don't think he, I think his peak was like 2018. That was a year where I remember they went into that year with low expectations, and I thought that was the year where he really raised the level of play with that team. And I think yeah. that they've actually had some pretty good weapons. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, that's a really good tandem. Yeah. Um, I, I think they, in their defense wasn't that bad. So I don't think, I never bought into this narrative that it's like, there's this narrative, it's kind of like, okay, they're a really bad team and they only win because of Russell Wilson. I think Pete Carroll's a very good head coach, uh, accomplished himself very well by winning a national championship vacated national championship and a super bowl and um i just think that yeah i think he's a he's a really good quarterback but i would not put him in that elite tier i think i that's think a, he's 10 and i, I yeah. honestly I, I think you can make the case and say that he's the fourth best quarterback in that division yeah i mean him and Derek carr <clears throat> i mean i don't know who you, who you like better obviously he has more credentials but if you look at the last season you know i mean Derek carr might, might be might even be better I don't. I don't think. I think the the down swing of Russell and I think Justin Herbert. I, I would put him ahead of Russell Wilson right now. I don't know what you think about that. And um, I would. Yeah. 
I like Mahomes. I know some people are a little bit down on Mahomes this year. They have Tom Brady, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. You know, I think Mahomes, my personal pick would be up there. If Joe Burrow. Those guys. Joe Burrow, Stafford, um, <clears throat> Kyler Murray, you know, who knows, Dak. Do you Kirk Cousins. Dak and Kyler Murray. Kirk Cousins had a heck of a year, even though the Vikings didn't play well. So it's interesting. But I, I think that – I'd give him the third best quarterback in the division. I'd still give him the nod over Derek Carr. But, um, you know, I think it's a tough division. I think that maybe they gave up too much, but they got to win now. And if they don't, you know, you messed up. At least you'll know quick. Yeah, I think the thing is there. Uh, let me ask you this, Clay. How many quarterbacks do you think are capable of winning you a Super Bowl? Because Russell's definitely in that category. Yeah, I think I think you got Aaron Rodgers, obviously. You know, he just signed a bajillion dollar deal <laughs> unbelievable that guy just broke the bank you know um i think josh allen if tom brady comes back we talk about maybe san francisco obviously tom won a super bowl can herbert win one i think he can stafford just shows he could but besides that man i mean you got joe burrow we think that i mean he got there i think that you know kyler murray if he picks it up could possibly and then you got russell wilson so so all the guys we just mentioned in terms of a ranking, so probably like somewhere between 10 to 15 quarterbacks in this league that you can win yeah. a Super Bowl with. Lamar Jackson maybe, yeah. Yeah, so he's one of those guys. So if you have a team and you think you can win a championship, you got to make that trade in order to get one of those guys because those guys do not grow on trees. No, I agree. And he's, I mean, he's not, he's not old. You look at, I mean, he's up, he's getting up there, but you look at some of these guys playing in their forties, you know, he's not, he's got years left to play football. And I, I think that, you know, that part of the move, yes, can, but he has shown that he has regressed a little bit and that's, what's concerning. Yeah. So yeah, it's the long sacks. It's the fact that he's thrived so much on his athleticism and mobility. And in order for him to play into his forties, I think he's going to have to reinvent himself as more of a traditional pocket passer, which I don't know if he's capable of doing that. So I think you're really looking at, I think what realistically this is Denver saying, we're going to go for a playoff spot this year. And then we're going to identify our needs going into 2023. And that's our make or break year. Cause I think when you hit, when he hits 35, I don't think you're going to be looking at, I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know. Some Denver fans are talking about this as like a 10 year window. I think the window is, a little smaller than that. You got to win now, get into the playoffs this next year, identify your needs, improve your roster. And then 2023, a year from now, that should be your boomer bust Super Bowl type season. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. You got to start winning right away though, to, to yeah. justify the, what they gave up. <clears throat> I think he'll have a really good start and he has yeah. been a little inconsistent over the last couple of years. So, well, last year was hurt. So you can throw that year out, but he, he yeah. tends to be great in September and play really well in October and then maybe have some, a little more inconsistency later on in the season. Um, and that schedule is going to be tough, but I'll tell you what, all eyes will be on that game when he returns to Seattle. We don't have the schedule out yet, but that is probably going to be a Sunday night football game, and that is going to be oh, – that's going to be a good one to watch. Yeah. How many years – what's his contract look like? Has he got two years on contract? So it's actually a very team-friendly contract, which I think is part of why Seattle wanted to move him now because he's got two years left. He's owed $24 million this year, which is actually a pretty good yeah. bargain, I think, for a Russell Wilson caliber quarterback. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, 
if Rodgers is going to make somewhere north of 40 million to 50 million annually, Russell Wilson's going to be looking for that same deal in two years. Yeah. And Seattle was able to move this at a time where they, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they wanted to give out that big contract to any quarterback, much less yeah. Russell Wilson, especially considering where they've been over the last couple of years. So the next couple of years, it's like 24 million this year. And I think it's like around 20 ish next year. So it was a front loaded oh, yeah. contract. He actually was a, a cap, a dead cap of 78 million in the first year. So it was wow. very, yeah, it was very front heavy. It was the richest quarterback contract uh, in the history when he signed it. And now it's actually very team friendly for these next two years. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's good too. That's, that's a good move for the Broncos in that case. But uh, you know, you're going to have those two years. You better, you better start up winning some games. Yeah, so you're probably going to have, if this goes well, if he remains at the level that he's been at uh, for the last several years, over the mm-hmm. next couple of years, you're going to have to pay him big money in a couple of years. And then you'll like, you will have the draft picks then, but you won't have any first round picks for the next two years. So this is, yeah. they're going to have to win and make some wins here on the free agent market, but their defense should remain extremely good. That hasn't been a problem over the last, I mean, they won that Super Bowl in 2015 with defense, and Von Miller could be returning home. That could be the next move here. Yeah. Yeah, That oh, wouldn't that be something? Von Miller comes back, and then, hey, you know, then I think that would be huge. He can um, – he obviously came, comes back after winning uh, winning a Super Bowl. He had a great run there with that D-line. It's really one of the, the, the big reasons that they, you know, were so successful. And, um, I mean, I, I think Denver would, uh, would be really – would be ecstatic to see Von Miller back in uniform. So, Clay, obviously you have been very tapped into a lot of the NFL offseason moves. Everything is going on around the league. Uh, mm-hmm. the, we thought that yesterday when the day started that the, the big story of the day was going to be about Aaron Rodgers. And then we ended up on this big super trade, one of the biggest trades in NFL history for that matter. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers, uh, he is coming back to the Packers and apparently, so Schefter tweeted out it was a four-year, $200 million contract. And then Rodgers put it out there that he is returning, but not to that dollar amount, or they haven't agreed on an extension of what that is yet. Um, but mm-hmm. Rodgers is coming back. And I know you're a Chicago guy. You grew up rooting for the Bears. Uh, not an ideal news story for the people of Chicago. Yeah. No, it's um, honestly, Chicago's pretty – pretty upset right now you know we got four more years of Aaron Rodgers and you know we're still trying to figure out if Justin Fields is our starting quarterback so to me I I honestly I don't see how the next four years with Rodgers there the Bears will win the division with Justin Fields our quarterback I don't want to be Debbie Donner I'm a Bears fan but I mean you know Poles is going to have to work some magic if he thinks he can put together a team that's going to really defeat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers with obviously a lackluster offense, you know, we traded away a first round draft pick. We didn't have a first round draft pick this year. We got some money in the free agent market to play with, but I mean, I don't see it happening. I, you know, there's a lot of holes like our receiving room isn't there. You know, obviously I like Montgomery. I think the O-line could use some work. The, the defense isn't bad, but it's not the, 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 the old school Bears defense where you could lean on them and lean into them and win games that way. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Poles does. I kind of hope he goes defensive heavy and we try to win games that way, the old bear way. <clears throat> let's win special teams. Let's win the defense. And then offense, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to score a couple times. And, 
you know, and try to squeak out some wins. And were you surprised by this Rogers news that he's coming back to the Packers? You know, it was, it was like a soap opera, man. There's um, <laughs> there was just so many different you know angles, things you're hearing about it. So it was it was pretty crazy. But I wasn't surprised, you know, li- listen to the people at the Combine and what they've been saying. Everybody was saying that it looks like Rodgers is coming back. What I am curious to see is, like, what's the deal with Devontae, you know, Devontae Adams? Like, what are they doing with him? I don't know, but he if you if they end up giving him an extension or a franchise tag, you're going to end up spending about a third of your team's uh, cap on those two players. Did they? Because they didn't. Um, they they didn't tag them, right? I don't think they have yet. The tag I mean, the tag deadline yeah. was yesterday. I mean, I I didn't see where they tagged Devonte Adams. Everybody said they were going to, but I didn't see that news. Uh, Ian Rapid Ian Rappaport twenty three hours ago, the Packers have now officially franchise tagged Devonte. Oh, Adams. they tagged so they did. They did yeah. tag him. But Adams, yeah. it's okay, so, Clay. You're out in uh, you're out in San Diego, having fun out there. I'm out here in Florida. Yeah. We're on vacation, so yeah. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's a big deal, you know. You got but you got Rogers and Devonte back for another year. Um, this year, I, unless one or one of those guys get hurt, I, I I literally would put the percentage that the Bears win the division over the Packers as as five percent. You know? <laughs> That unless Rodgers goes down or Devontae goes down, I don't see how it's going to happen. Okay. So, uh, anything else on NFL offseason? Any uh, under the radar moves that you've uh, liked so far? Well, I just I just saw this on um, on the news on Twitter. Um, huge deal right now. Um, Colts get two t- 2022 third round pick, 2023 third round pick, and. Um, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz goes to the Washington Commanders in a huge wow. deal. Wow! Yeah, so that's uh, that become that's a pretty crazy trade right there. Carson Wentz just got traded. I mean, and you didn't, is, you never, you didn't, uh, you play on the Eagles, but you were there before Wentz got there. Yeah, Have you met him. I've never met Carson Wentz, but uh, I mean, that's 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 pretty crazy. If he plays over seventy percent of the. I think this is a great this is a great sign for the for the Commanders. So they gave up two third they round give picks. Up a, they give up two third round picks, and if he plays, if Carson plays over seventy percent of the plays, they have to give up a second round pick, and the Commanders get a second round pick and Wentz. So literally, you're they're getting a second round pick and giving up two third round picks. Like they're, they're getting, also they're giving up. Uh, they are giving up a 22. Okay, let me. The Colts are getting a third round pick for 2022 and a second yes. round pick for 2022. And then a 2023 third round pick that will become a second round pick if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps. And then the commanders get Wentz and a second round pick. So they're getting a starting quarterback and a higher draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, what's happening here? They're okay, so they're swapping second round picks, and okay, so that their second round pick is going to be a lower pick than because the Colts are picking lower on the board than the Commanders are. I would think. Yeah, I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Okay. Colts, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I was reading so that wrong. Basically, right. it's yeah. a pick swap in terms swap. of they're moving down, and yeah. then they're but the gist of it is move down and then give up two third round picks for Carson Wentz. So you like this? 
I like it. I like this, actually. I mean, they needed a quarterback. Carson Wentz was getting a lot of hate, but he had a decent year. I mean, 90-plus rating, you know, he had 3,000, over 3,000 yards. He had a decent season. So, I mean, I, I like this for the commanders. And, um, I mean, if the Colts – I don't know what the Colts have in mind. I don't know what they're, what they're thinking as far as the quarterback. Maybe they're trying to draft draft one, sign one for agency. You know, Mitch Trubisky, is that a possibility? But – I mean, we'll see. I think I, th- I like what the commanders did right here. You got a guy that has shown he can play pro ball football. Didn't have the year he wanted to last year, but was still solid. They upgraded. And now, guess what? Carson Wentz is going to be so motivated to play against the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> twice a year and prove to them why he deserves more credit for that team. And uh, this is going to be great to watch, great TV. I mean, this is, this is unbelievable. I, I love this trade for that part alone, that he is in – the NFC East again. I love it. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. It really feels like the Rodgers domino just needed to fall, and now it's chaos. So yeah. now now Indianapolis needs a quarterback. And, yeah. I mean, my Steelers need a quarterback. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Trubisky as the Steelers' starting quarterback this next year. Yeah, I think I think Trubisky is, is, needs, a, needs a, a chance to, you know, to, to start again. First round pick what was he a third overall? Like this guy was huge yeah. coming out. First round pick, third pick overall. He was playing with Matt Nagy. Look what happened after Trubisky. So now it leads me to believe that hey, maybe this wasn't Mitch. This was Nagy. Nagy couldn't win without Mitch. Mitch goes to Buffalo. He gets time to he gets to spend time under Brian Dable, who is a great quarterback developer. He learned from Bill Belichick. Spent a ton of time with Tom Brady, who's one of his really good friends. And now Mitch gets got to learn from him, and he gets to take that 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 all that he learned is that information that he, that Dable helped develop him to another team. So I honestly, I'll be, I would be shocked if Mitch didn't get a big deal. All right, Clay, anything else NFL wise before we touch on major league baseball briefly? No, no, I'm good. Okay. So for those who are wondering what's going on in major league baseball, just a little recap. So last week on Tuesday, the Major League Baseball owners had set a deadline and said, if we don't have a deal done, if the players do not accept this deal, which I actually thought was a very friendly deal, uh, basically the minimum salary was going to go from 570 to 700 k which is a significant increase. Uh, there were a lot of other things in this deal that I think were extremely player-friendly. They were getting rid of draft pick compensation, so therefore more players are going to be signed as free agents. I think it was a pretty good deal for the players, and because they rejected the deal, uh, Major League Baseball came out and said, we are delaying the start of the season. We're going to cancel the first six games. Well, we have a chance now. Again, they submitted another proposal. They set a deadline. It was initially last night. They moved it to this afternoon. And they've been, apparently they had 16-hour-long meeting yesterday. Just long, yeah, yeah. Long, long time uh, with these negotiations. If the players agree to it, they have a plan in place where they would start the season a, a week late, but they'd still get all of those games, the 162 played. Now, if the players reject it, they're going to cancel another week of the season because in order to get these games and they got to get a deal done ASAP, they need to get these guys spring training and mm. they need to be fully stretched out. So if this keeps dragging on, this is going to go uh, we're going to have to keep missing games. So essentially, the players are in a situation right now where they can take the deal, which I believe is extremely player-friendly. It's a it's an increase in pay for 66% of the league, and 
you know, you get to play baseball for a living. I think that's a pretty good deal in, yeah. in its own right. Um, or they can decline it and the league minimum player is going to have, they're going to be 12 games canceled this year, which will be without pay. And that equates to about $52,000, which is a lot of money for these league minimum players. So that's what's going on, Clay. Do you have any takes or thoughts on this lockout? I know you're a Cubs fan. No, I think, you know, I think that it is a decent deal for, um, for the players. Um, I, you know, I lived through one of these before there was an NFL lockout. They locked us out of uh, OTAs and, you know, we got back right before training camp back in, I think that was 2011, you know, we had the uncapped year and made the lockout. So I've been through it as tough as a player, not knowing exactly what to expect. Are we going to play this year or is are we going to have a season? Are we missing just one game? Are we going to miss training camp? Didn't know what to expect. And that was tough, honestly, mentally, just getting yourself, get yourself to work every day without having any contact with the team. Do everything on your own. You don't have spring training don't have the training camp is tough. And the guys who are disciplined, you'll see really be able to really show why they are, you know, the better players and some of these young players and, and, and things like that, that are trying to make a roster are the people it's going to affect because they're missing training camp. They're missing the time spring training. They're missing the time to really show the team that they can play. And I think it's a good player deal. I think they should, they should take it, but you know, obviously I'm not in there, the negotiations, but I hope they can get it done. You know, as a Cubs fan, I'd love to see some, uh, you know, some games this year out there in Wrigley. Yeah, I think it's been interesting because a lot of the way it's been reported, a lot of the blame is being put on Major League Baseball, which I understand because that is the brand. It is the league, uh, but it takes two to tango here. So hopefully we can get a deal done today. Hopefully by the next time I'm doing an episode, uh, we've got a plan in place. And then hopefully you and I can get to Wrigley in in about a month from now, Clay. Yeah, no, I hope so, man. I'd go have a beer, sit in the, you know, sit in the bleachers and, and watch the game. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Well, Clay, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, make sure you get a chance here to plug your social media handles and anything else you're working on. People can follow along. Well, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Clay Harbs eighty two. Just uh, if you if you're interested in football, I tweet a lot about the Bears, the Jaguars, and the Eagles. So uh, follow me on there if you want to keep up to date with my thoughts as a former player and um, and everything NFL. All right. That's it. Anything else? No, man. Appreciate you having me on, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for helping me set this up, Clay. This was fun. Yeah. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. So that does it today for my conversation with Clay Harbor. Make sure you guys tune in on Sunday for our Selection Sunday show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Subscribe to the Jack Vita Show wherever it is that you get your podcast, and follow me on social media at Jack Vita Show. We'll be back soon. Until then, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dance of the lobsters.